0: This is William Del Pilar, and this is the return of Points on the Board. And I'm actually very proud to have a special guest with us. In fact, Scotty, I actually wrote down all your accolades, or as much as possible. Friends, we have a legend with us. His name is Scott Engel, a 20-plus-year fantasy industry veteran, inaugural member of the Fantasy Sports Writer Association's Hall of Fame, four-time FSWO. FSWA award winner and 13-time finalist, longtime Serious XM Fantasy Sports radio host, senior sports writer at The Game Day, editor and writer at CBS Interactive for eight-plus years, former fantasy analyst and editor at ESPN, managing director of Roto Experts, Fantasy writer for Seahawks.com. He's a nationally syndicated writer and credentialed media member. And my friends, that's important because most fantasy writers are not. He is better known as the king of fantasy sports since 2010. And I can tell you people this. Everything I said about Scott is well earned. He was there from the beginning. I'm proud to call him my friend. We grew up through the ranks together.
1: Scotty, it's great to have you on. How are you doing, sir? Great to be with you. And let's also not forget rotoballer.com where you can find all my rankings. But, William, thank you for that very nice introduction. And it's been a minute. It's good to see you. Oh,
0: and you know what, Scott? You're right, Rotoballer. That's I actually tweeted out maybe a month, month and a half ago. That's the best fantasy sports site I've seen since my own company, nice. formerly known as KFFL.com. Now extinct after USA Today got a hold of it. But that's another story. So, my friends, what I asked Scotty if we could do, I want to do kind of a rapid fire here for about an hour and uh, hit him up with as many questions as we can answer and to keep you guys informed. And, uh, Scotty, uh, real quick, though, uh, 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 my guy uh, Tim from KFFL is over there at at, at GameDay. Uh, Tim Haney, have you uh, uh, have you cross paths with him? Tim Heaney,
1: yes, at KFFL. He is actually the managing editor over at gameday.com dot com, and uh, Tim is actually the one that got me on over there and who I report to. So I, I speak to Tim every day. Tell him
0: I said hello, and and yes. I love to tell this story about Tim. Tim was struggled a little bit at KFL early on. To me, he didn't struggle, but, uh, 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 there was some ups and downs. And I said, damn it. We're going to keep Tim. He's got a good heart. He's a hard worker and he knows his stuff. So I am extremely proud to see how far he's come. He's a fellow New Yorker too, as you are.
1: Yes. He, uh, lives out in Long Island right now. Just had his first kid. Congratulations. And Tim is a ultra professional, uh, you know, terrific managing editor. You know, never, never miss, never misses a detail.
0: There you go. Well, let's get right on into this. First of all, let's hit up the rookie quarterbacks. The Texan expectations, or do you pass on these guys unless it's a dynasty league? The Texans, C.J. Stroud, the Colts, Anthony Richardson, and the Panthers, Bryce Young. What are your thoughts about them?
1: In a one-quarterback league uh, on my ranks on rotobowler.com, I have Anthony Richardson ranked at eleven. We wow. don't know how we're not a hundred percent sure how soon he's going to start, but as a six four guy you know who's who's built like built like a truck with that kind of rushing ability, he could be a league winner as long as his passing is respectable. If I knew that he was more refined as a passer, and I'm not saying he can't be because we've heard reports that he is. You know, this guy could be an easy top five quarterback this year. He can be a difference maker. The other ones you really want to target in super flex leagues, which are really grown in popularity over the last few years. uh When I was in the Scott Fish Bowl this year, I took I took uh Bryce Young as my as my third quarterback. Because, you know, he's got some mobility and uh, he looks like he's going to be a quick study. CJ Stroud doesn't have great weaponry. So those are more super flex types. Yeah, that makes sense. And what people don't
0: realize, at least in my day, uh, rushing quarterback TDs were six points, and th- that makes people like Anthony Richardson gold. So I completely agree with you there. Moving to another rushing quarterback, or at least that's what he was last year. Has he developed into a, a more of a throwing pa- of a passer this year? You think? And that's Bears quarterback Justin Fields. Your expectations?
1: I think I have Fields ranked number four at quarterback because nobody came close to his rushing yardage total over 11. 11- 1100 last year and lamar jackson might pass more this year the bears from the reports that i've read william have indicated that they're not going to robert griffin him they're not going to try to turn him into something he's not but at the same time they've also given him dj moore which now gives him a real number two one wide receiver it pushes Darnell Mooney back to a number two instead of being overmatched as a number one doesn't make Cole commit as much defensive attention so that domino effect really strengthens the wide receiver core so I think while he's still going to be mainly a runner he's going to improve as a passer and he's my fourth ranked quarterback outside of that big three of Patrick Mahomes Jalen Hurts Josh Allen you know, I think this year defines him as an NFL quarterback in a sense he's either going to
0: prove he can be an NFL quarterback or he's just going to be another rushing quarterback. And those guys really don't win a lot of games deep in the playoffs. And and, and I want to see him develop. I think he's got a lot of talent, but I don't know if that Bears team he, uh, can make it work with the way they, 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 they've been the last five, ten years, you know. So we'll see. Okay, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson. Does he return to form as we saw with the Houston Texans? Or what do you expect out of him?
1: I have ranked number 10 a quarterback. Uh, the last time that we saw him play a full season, he was the number five quarterback in fantasy football. And this year he's uninterrupted. You know, all the legal stuff is no longer something that is in his day-to-day Anymore, I'll say, and he's going to have a full preseason and he's going to come right out of the gate with an uninterrupted flow from the preseason to the regular season after already being with the team for a year. So I think the floor is top 10. The ceiling is probably top four.
0: Uh, I agree. He's got a lot of pressure on him. A lot of quarterbacks are looking at that guaranteed contract. And if he does well, that means good things for quarterbacks down the road once uh new contracts come up. Now, here's one of my favorite quarterbacks, and only because I love rooting for the underdog. I'm not sure how much fantasy value he has, but I've always felt bad for Jared Goff. I think he's got a bit of a bad rap by the average fan. What do you see him in, in the fantasy world?
1: I think, you know, we don't know what Jamison Williams what the deal is suspended. We're already hearing injury reports in the preseason. Once you get there, that can really improve. Jared Goff last year, the home road splits was so different, so stark that he is a at, at home. He's a top 10 fantasy quarterback on the <laughs> road. You, you, you know, you don't even want to start him. So, you know, I have Goff ranked, I believe number 18 at quarterback. I th- I think he's a very good streamer.
0: Yeah, that was more of my personal question because I root for him. But at least last year you knew when to bench him. (laughs) Yeah, you (laughs) did, Mo.
1: Out of his 29 touchdown passes, I believe 23 came at Ford Field. Wow,
0: wow, that's incredible, that's incredible.
1: It's Jordan Love time in Green Bay, what do you think? I always kind of try not to act like I'm smarter than the guys who are actually inside the game. And to me, when a front office clears a way for a guy to start with a little competition, it signals to me that he's somebody I should take a shot on. In Scott Fishbowl, I took Jordan Love as my second quarterback in the ninth round. I think they'll still be heavily based around the run, but this team has moved on from Aaron Rodgers, and Jordan Love has no serious competition there's not even Andy Dalton there in case he fails (laughs) so I think I think the Packers front office which has led that team into contention for a long time you know at least a playoff team has confidence in Jordan Love so I'm interested in him that's why he's my number 19 ranked quarterback and he's very intriguing as, as a super flex number two I can't argue with you there they I mean
0: they uh it's either do or die with Jordan Love with this current general management team there. So I completely agree. Well, they're now, a
1: rebuild. I don't think it's do or die, you know, show that this can be a respectable team.
0: Well, I'm talking about do or die in the next few years with him to make sure he develops and and he becomes – I mean, let's be honest. They're spoiled there at Green Bay. I mean, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, they've had over a decade of excellence there. Heck, it seems like 20 years between the two guys. Okay. I don't know. You talk to
1: Packer fans, and they've only got one Super Bowl out of it, and I think they're frustrated.
0: Oh no no. I'm talking fantasy, but you are absolutely right. I think it's a disgrace. They've got only one Super Bowl ring out of those two quarterbacks and all those years, I don't think anybody can argue that. And I don't know what the How many How is. many teams
1: don't have a Super Bowl though? And you know, until, until Mahomes won last year, there was no active NFL quarterback that was starting regularly, you know, I don't count Garoppolo that had two Super Bowl wins. It's hard to win just one. No, you're right. I mean, look at the teams we mentioned. The Texans, Colts,
0: uh, Panthers, the Browns. Ask a Lions, the Lions. fan if, if they'd <laughs> have like, to have
1: won Super Bowl, you know, in the last 20, 23 years.
0: I agree. I agree, brother. Yeah. Okay, it's year two in Miami with head coach Mike Daniels. What do you see at a Tua? Tua Tagavaloa. Did I pronounce that right?
1: Yeah, well, Mike McDaniels, you know, runs a, you know, just a, a track meet as an offense and Tua Tonga is the perfect quarterback for his system. It's tired, but it's true. It's just about staying healthy. If Tua Tonga iola can stay healthy, he's got the best wide receiver pairing in the NFL and a great grasp of that offense. If he actually plays a full season, he could be a top five fantasy quarterback.
0: It's that injury. The injuries people are so worried yeah, about. The that's why i have number eleven. Right, right. No, I get that. You know, he reminds me of Steve Young. His final couple of years, you were you were as concerned. Eh, he's with not as not as mobile
1: as Steve Young was.
0: Though. No, no, I'm, t- I'm talking about the concussions. Steve Young suffered the concussions yeah. that kind of ended his career at the uh, at the end. And that's what I'm referring to. I forget the running back that missed the block that pretty much ended Steve Young's career. But uh, how about the Patriots and Mac Jones? Mac Jones had a down season last year with a defensive coordinator calling the plays. What do you see out of that team this year, or out of Mac
1: Jones? I don't see anything fantasy appealing for Max Jones. He didn't play well, and that's that's one of the worst wide receiver crew in the NFL. <laughs> you think Bill Belichick's on the hot seat? I have seen reports that he is. You know, at some point, even the greats come to an end. You know, there was an end for Chuck Knoll. There was an end for Tom Landry. There was an end for Don Shula, but boy, Shula sort of got a long rope. It's like, I think it was like about over 25 years after he last won a Super Bowl he was still coaching. Well, you know, he had the perfect season.
0: You know, that, that gave him that long leash in my eyes. But uh, let's move on to a tougher situation. Well, not a tougher situation, but a fun situation to analyze unless you're a 49er fan. Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. What do you see out of that tree? I mean, what do you see coming out of that for fantasy owners?
1: I think if Purdy can build on what he did last year, and I think it's still a big if because he's not going to sneak up on anybody this time. They're going to be more prepared for him. Uh, I think he could be a quality number two fantasy quarterback and maybe a streamer. You know, that's, that's an offense, though, that's going to produce for the quarterback. If it's not Trey Lance as the starter at some point, respectable and sometimes outstanding numbers, not somebody you want to start every week. I don't think that said the 49ers are so strong and maybe the best team in the NFL outside of the quarterback. When you look at them from an offensive and defensive balance Mm -hmm. perspective. So whoever they plug in there, you know, they can have their choice of who ultimately performs the best and that'll be a quality fantasy quarterback. Fantasy players hope it's Trey Lance because he has the most upside. If you're a 49ers fan, I think you know the quarterback situation could hold them back from reaching the Super Bowl. From a fantasy perspective, you hope it's Lance, and you know, I don't. I, I really don't see even <laughs> even like in, that, in, in, in that system. And that system, I don't really don't even see Sam Darnold being that successful. To, to me, well, you know, to, to me, to me, his decision making under pr- pressure is very questionable.
0: I think he's finally in a good situation where he's going to get quality coaching and the, the way that team runs, it's the accuracy of the quarterback. So, you know, I think that's what made Brock Purdy so good there. He's a pretty accurate quarterback and he seems to have the locker room, but for fantasy, it's, I think it's a waiting game to some degree, Uh, but moving on there, let's go to your city there. Let's go to the team that all of a sudden has new hope with the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. What do you see out of that?
1: First off, you know, I'm a Seahawks fan who lives in New York. Second off, <laughs> the Jets don't really play in New York. They play in New Jersey. But, uh, um, details, I, details. I think Aaron Rodgers is slightly past his prime, but still a very good quarterback. He's not, as a Sports Illustrated scout, as an NFL scout told Sports Illustrated. He's not quite as mobile and makes those off schedule plays like he used to. Mm -hmm. But then again, you know, Aaron Rodgers is actually smiling. And, you know, when did you see him with the Jets? You know, when's when's the last time you saw him? I I think Rodgers can have a pretty darn good season. And the Jets are not a Super Bowl team. They're a playoff team, but they also don't have an ideal number two wide receiver. They have a bunch of number threes and number fours. And I think that's going to hold the offense back a little bit. So I think Aaron Rodgers could be a top-end fantasy quarterback, too. But he's not going to be a fantasy superstar anymore. But I think he's going to have some good weeks where you can stream him. But, you know, they also have a tough schedule. And I do that projecting forward. I never look at schedule analysis and base it on last year because I think with a lot of other respect for people in the industry, I think too much schedule analysis is based on last year.
0: I agree, Scotty. I, in fact, toward, towards the end of my run with KFL, I kind of would I would always look at the schedule uh, strength, but I never paid that much attention to it because free agency changes everything so so quickly. Yeah, and and and, and teams the just I draft. Mean, yeah,
1: like people exactly. say, oh, you know, he has a good playoff schedule in week fifteen to seventeen. Like, first off, the outlooks are going to change so much by then. Second off, your team is going to change so much by right. then with trades and waivers. Right, I used
0: to tell people, don't worry about drafting. You don't want to draft a whole fantasy team of just a couple of teams. I said, but don't worry about drafting a, a couple of extra players in the same team because through trades, through injuries, your lineup's going to change. And and I think it's over analysis at times by fantasy analysts out there. All righty, let's go to Derek Carr and the Saints. What do you see out of him in, in this new season for him?
1: Derek Carr's never been a more than a blah fantasy quarterback you <laughs> might be a good nfl quarterback i don't mean to be assaulting him but you know, Derek Carr's not even in my top 20.
0: there you go there you go people uh what about kenny pickett with the steelers you think he makes a jump in year no. two no no all right for, fan- yeah, is- for
1: fantasy no maybe maybe he's an nfl quarterback year, but for fantasy he's not even in my top 25.
0: All righty. What about the last quarterback on my list here, Daniel Jones? Some people think in, Dubose, in his second season with DeBoe, he may or may not make a jump. What do you think?
1: I think he can make a jump. I have him ranked at number nine on rotoballer.com with my ranks. Just updated them, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, last year he finishes a top 10 fantasy quarterback in overall points and points per game. And they've modestly upgraded his receiving crew this year. So I think Daniel Jones is kind of underrated as a fantasy quarterback. You know, Big John and I, you know,
0: John of the fans out there, another fantasy legend, we went back and forth last year. Because I I was a Daniel Jones. Not that I was a fan. I was like, look, the guys had terrible teams up until last year with a decent coach now. And he produced. Uh, So I'm expecting them to make a jump. And now that they've signed Saquon uh, for at least this one year, uh, I think that team – could be a a mover, at least with some good upsets. You know, I'm not sure how deep in the playoffs he can go, but for fantasy owners, you know, you could do much worse than Daniel Jones out there. Uh let's move on to the running backs. And speaking of uh, uh, Saquon Barkley, what do you see out of him this year now that he signed? I mean he's playing for a contract, right?
1: Yeah, well Saquon Barkley I've ranked at number four now that he's signed. I I moved him up four spots in my rankings. Actually I've been number three overall because had a terrific bounce-back season last year. And obviously is playing for incentive. Uh, I think that's huge. After McCaffrey and Eckler off the board, I want Barkley.
0: All right. Uh, Josh Jacobs is holding out. What would your advice be to fantasy owners come draft day if he's still holding out?
1: When he comes up on the board, if he's your highest-ranked guy, pivot to another position is what I, what I've been doing because I still have rank ninth at the position. I I keep bumping him down. Originally, he was fifth. But the closer you get to the season with a holdout, the more of a conditioning risk a guy could potentially become because he's not... not, Nothing can replicate game conditioning, game speed, etc. And just not being on the same page, he could start slow. He could be susceptible for an injury. So... Uh, I'm kind of cautious with Josh Jacobs. It's hard to rank him outside the top 10 for what he accomplished. But I was in the Scott Fishbowl, Bowl, uh, and I think in the 21st round, I grabbed Zemir White, who's a big, fast running back that was drafted by the current regime. There you go. There
0: you go. Uh, What about free agents? I mean, I'm not sure where these guys rank on your board. But, I mean, there are are, well-known names in the fantasy world. Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt. They're not signed. I mean, I expect them to be signed in training camp at some point. But come draft day, same thing with those guys. Kind of hold off uh, on them until uh, uh, towards the later parts of the draft. or, or, Or what would you tell somebody?
1: I think with Dalvin Cook, I have him just outside my top 35. I don't think a suspension is going to come until 2024, but you know, right now he's not being viewed by any team as an important piece here. You know, the Dolphins and the Jets have been linked to him, but you know, the Jets do have some running backs that they like in house, including the rookie Israel Abenconda, mm-hmm. and the, the Dolphins drafted Devonta and Shane, and they still have some confidence in Jeff Williams and Raheem Moster. It might t- and. There's been reports that Cook is going to sit back and take his time, that Miami gave him an offer, but he feels he deserves better. So it might take an injury, but when it does, I think Dalvin Cook is not quite done. As for the other ones, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, I think he's done. Kareem Hunt's not going to play, or Lennon Fournette are not going to play significant roles anywhere. They'll get signed if there's such an injury. It's like, if you don't want to draft him, don't bother. Cook would be the only one that i draft you know, I, I got to be honest, I, I, I understand uh, before the rookie
0: salary cap came in, the, these monstrous rookie contracts, uh, but it does seem as if the running back position gets no respect financially by the league. And these guys, I mean, they're the workhorse and, and arguably out of the skill positions have the shortest careers. What are your, th- I mean, this is away from fantasy, but what are your personal thoughts on that? I mean, it's business or do you, uh, and where do you stand on that?
1: I, I, you know, I can see the player side of it because, you know, it's a very physically demanding job, and you give a lot to the team. And I think the timing is wrong. When the contract is up, you want more money for what you've proven, but then the team doesn't want to give you more because they feel like they've gotten the best of you already. So I almost, I almost feel like running backs should be paid more earlier in their careers. I was thinking
0: maybe they start looking at uh a- putting a rookie uh, uh, length on the position based off the average of the careers, you know? Uh, so yeah. that way a rookie contract would say theoretically be two years for a running back versus five years or something like that. But uh, these guys are the workhorse and, and they should get paid and arguably 20, 30 years down the road, they may be the ones who experience the most physical pain uh, and and body issues. So uh, speaking of uh, uh, the potential suspension you mentioned earlier, what about Alvin Kamara and and the Saints? Uh, For fantasy purposes, what do you see out of him? What do you tell fantasy owners with him?
1: I'm ranked number 27 at running back. I always say, you know, I never guess with the NFL what the length of a suspension can be because, you know, it's the Ezekiel Elliott situation was a perfect example you never know how many games you're going to miss, but you know Alvin Kamara can still be a strong fantasy running back number two if you can get him outside the top twenty-five.
0: I agree. I, I truly agree with that one. There. What about when what he plays? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what? So moving on to the Cowboys, Tony Pollard. Do you think he can handle the load, or do you think they're going to try to get him some help? And there's talk of bringing Ezekiel back as well.
1: Yeah. I think the Ezekiel talk is just like a smokescreen because he's meant to, you know, just public talk because he's meant so much to the organization for so long. Mm-hmm. Tony, again, here's an example of a front office who has cleared the way for some guy to be the starter without any significant competition. Tony Pollard wasn't even a full-timer last year, and he scored 12 mm-hmm. rushing touchdowns. He He's my number five overall running back. And in a lot of early best ball and Scott Fishbowl, I've gotten him as my my number one, as my number one running back and I'm happy with it. So I take it you believe he can handle the load, become yeah. the Bell Cow there.
0: All right. The Cowboys
1: believe they handle the load and and uh, I think they've made some very good personnel decisions in the last few years. There you go. Uh, Joe Mixon, is he anybody of value? He
0: seemed to have had a couple big games last year that kind of padded his stats. What do you see out of him in the Bengals?
1: I don't believe big games pad stats. You know, if if you've had a big game, that shows what you're capable of. I think Joe Mixon Mixon is a little bit underrated. He plays in a great offense. And if I can get him right, right outside of the top 10 at running back, I'm very happy with it.
0: Alrighty, there you go. I, uh, I kind of saw a couple of the, the numbers for, uh, uh, he had one big game. Kind of reminded me of Rodney Hampton when I was, uh, looking him up in the sense, uh, not, yeah, Rodney, but if when a guy took- has a big
1: game, it's, it's, and I'm not saying you're doing this, you know, but, you know, one thing that annoys me, I have pet People say, well, if you take away this game or that run, you just did this. You don't take it away. It shows what the guy is capable of. Well, that's why you average
0: it out, and that's why you uh, uh, you look—you know—you look at the games and who he played against. So, for example, if he had a big game against a stud defense, you're like, yeah. If he had a big game against a thirty-second defense, you're—you're like, okay. uh, I don't
1: know uh, if I I fully agree with that either. If he has a big game against a bad defense. That's the way he's supposed to play against that opponent. Well, that's true
0: too. Yeah. I guess <laughs> that, I guess you and I won't see eye to eye because you know I actually just stay away from those guys, you know, because you're right. You can't look down on them. Hell, they're playing in the NFL. Only the lead play there, but I just kind of stay away from the inconsistency. I, I, I like. I would say if right he in. had
1: you have a big game against a top defense, it ranks you higher. Mm-hmm. But if you have a big game against a bad defense, well, you can't be considered a quality running back if you don't do that. <laughs> that's true. In yeah. fact, uh, uh,
0: that's the type of player if he's on the uh, uh, on the waiver wire. Not that Mixon would be, but there's certain players do have big games uh, based off those rankings. Tight ends is a great position. It's, that's why we call it streaming. You know, you look for those players. Uh, what about Najee Harris in Pittsburgh? Do you think we get a return to
1: form to his rookie season this year? He's he's going to get a lot of volume, but you can't see any upside in an offense. You know, He's not somebody you want to draft in a high-stakes competition like the FFPC or the NFFC or a best ball league. But mm-hmm. if you're in a regular home draft and you want somebody who's going to be dependable and give you a lot of volume, then you, you draft Najee Harris.
0: Right, right, and and that is one thing I do look at is volume, at least for depth on the, the fantasy roster there. You know, at least he's going to touch the ball there. What about Derrick Henry with Tennessee? The guy's he's been a stud for such a long time. He's getting a little bit long in the tooth. They just added DeAndre Hopkins. They're, gonna, they're talking about opening the offense up. What's that mean for fantasy owners of, of Derrick Henry?
1: I still have him ranked at number eight. You know, that offense is still built around him you're not going to open up an offense with Ryan Tannehill, a quarterback, or a rookie. So, you know, Derrick Henry on the field, still going to bowl people over, still going to truck them. He's Derrick Henry.
0: That's a hell of a stiff arm that man has. You you know, for this next player, I was looking him up and I'm reading it and I'm thinking, well, there's a pretty good analysis here. Then I look at it. Scott Engel. (laughs) Bijan Robinson. What's your take for the fans out there, the fantasy fans out there?
1: When... We talked about how devalued the running back position is when a team spends a number eight overall pick in the NFL draft on this guy. That tells you all about how they view him and what his potential is. The Falcons ran the ball second most run pass ratio, highest pass, run pass ratio in the NFL last year. And while they're going to throw a little more, they're still going to be heavily based around the run. And Robinson plays in the receiving game. I have Barkley at number three. I probably have Bijan Robinson at 3A if I could do that.
0: You know, uh, it, it, it's incredible in terms of what you just said, and, and they drafted him at number eight. Let's just hope he's not the next Blair Thomas. You know, and speaking of oh, Blair wow. Thomas, formerly formerly of the Jets.
1: Wow. That's,
0: <laughs> that's, you I, know, I, the, I, younger, I, the younger the <laughs> younger the younger crowd is
1: not going to get that. You know, the Blair Thomas oh. with, Blair Thomas was a huge bust for the Jets in the nineteen nineties as a high that's draft. That was the same
0: year. Same year Emmett was drafted, I believe. I believe they passed on Emmett for him. Speaking of Blair Thomas in the Jets, what about Brees Hall returning from an ACL tear?
1: Yeah, you know I follow a lot of top injury experts on Twitter, and listen seriously to what they say because even though they don't examine the players, they, uh, you know, they're very familiar with the injuries and familiar with athletes. Guys like guys like Deepak and and Jesse Morris, and I believe it was Deepak that said he doesn't expect Brees Hall to be in close to his better form until week six. Uh, I think you probably got to expect a slow start. I'm always cautious with guys coming off a major knee injury. But if you're playing in a high-stakes format and you want to take the chance on him, he could be much better the second half of the year. I have him ranked just just outside of my – I don't have him ranked as an RB1. Uh, you know, you have to rank guys certain places because it makes sense. But whenever Brees Hall is the top running back in my queue, I usually pivot to another position.
0: Gotcha. No, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, uh, th- there are those questions. But I'll tell you this. I mean, we both know the AC injury recovery rate has come a long way from Kurt Warner of your team there, the Seahawks. true.
1: True, but yeah. but still, you know, it's a significant injury and they're not sure about his availability or effectiveness for week one yet. So, oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I
0: the only running back that I can remember offhand that came back and proved me wrong was a. uh, uh, oh my gosh, Ron, uh, the Vikings, uh, Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Peterson. I mean, he came back with gangbusters.
1: Look, uh, you speak at, about at the Vikings, right? Mm-hmm. I used to do some work with the late great Chris Dolman. And he would tell me that all players, in terms of injuries, g- deal with their bodies deal with differently. They, 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 they have different DNA. So, you know, some injury players are more injury prone than others. Others recover faster. We do have data and, you know, past precedent to, to weigh on, but nobody's going to know for certain how quickly Brees Hall is re- going to recover. But from all the reports that we've seen, It's still uncertain for early in the season.
0: No, I I agree. I agree. Uh, Speaking of injuries, uh, uh, there's a lot of data on Achilles injuries and how they're more devastating than
1: ACL tears and and running backs coming back to form. What do you see out of Cam Akers? A lot of that data is based on running backs who are never anywhere as prominent as Cam Akers. I mean, you could give me that list. There's nobody who was a star feature back on that list. Deontay Foreman, you know, made a nice comeback. And you talk about the progress in ACL, you know, uh, the way they treat things medically. Cam Akers was a leading rusher in the league the last five weeks of the season. Mm -hmm. So, and I know he's going to get volume. I have him ranked at 22 at running back, but I'm very concerned about that offense. How, what, what, how consistent are going to be the touchdown opportunities and how often are they going to be game scripted out for acres? Mm-hmm. So I'm right. kind of cautious on them. Right.
0: Right. And, and you're right about that. I did run across that as well in my research of the Achilles. There weren't pro, a lot of problem. There weren't many prominent. any prominent? I don't names think there were any outside. Mm-hmm. I didn't find any prominent names. Like you said, Deontay Freeman, but I I, I don't think anybody's going to mistake. Oh, no, Deontay for,
1: Foreman, 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 Foreman. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I
0: you know, but so I, want- I think Cam Akers is actually going to be a test case for a lot of people based off uh, who he was before that injury. You know, yeah. uh, Let's move on to the receivers here. Uh, as I earlier mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins was signed by the Titans. Uh, I think he's going to be a volume receiver. What do you see out of him for fantasy owners? Where do you think they should be drafting him at?
1: I have regular receiver 18. I think he's still good, but he's not as explosive in terms of downfield ability anymore but he can still catch everything that's going to be thrown to him. So I don't see him as an upside play, but he's still going to command a lot of respect for that offense and be a number one wide receiver for them. So I'm comfortable with him as a solid wide receiver too. In best ball and high stakes though, you're always looking for upside. And I kind of steer clear of DeAndre Hopkins and I rank him lower in those sort of formats.
0: Well, he is on the wrong side of 30, you know, and uh, he, he, the last couple I of years. I think we overrate
1: that sometimes. Uh, I, definitely I don't know. Say. W- I with think receivers? we, I think, I think we definitely overrated, you know, with all respect to you and anybody else that says <laughs> it. People will use 30 as the marker for significant decline in every position. It's really for running back. It's not for mm. receiver. If you remember the late, great Mike Tagliari of fantasy pros, he would do annual studies on receiver decline. And most receivers really don't fall off a cliff until age 32 or 33. 30 is, and 31, it's not the end of the line. Oh, I agree with you. Everybody's different, but I look at his last two
0: years of play. Now, granted, part of it was suspension, and they haven't talked about uh, what what he was uh, popped for. And my take is, until somebody tells me otherwise, I'd have to say statistically, it's probably HGH or some kind of a uh, recovery. Well, I'm not going to speculate on
1: that. What no, I I'm, say not, is... I'm
0: not speculating, but yeah. he did get popped for it, and he had he was injury prone. So I, I agree with your yeah, assessment. That's a valid we, point. We yeah. agree. We we agree for different reasons. Reasons. I, I Boy, will he, you know, I will
1: say that, you know, Michael Salfino of The Athletic has done some good studies on how bigger receivers decline quicker. Well, he's got those hands, though. That, that, what you said about yeah. his, he, he's going to be
0: able to catch anything thrown his way. And I think I don't want to say that's what gives him upside, but that still is what gives him his quality dimension. You know, that's I what mean, the
1: PPR format or a half PPR that's what's going to continue to make him dependable fan.
0: Exactly. He's going to be a high volume, maybe up to eight targets a game. With those hands, he'll still make an impact. Uh, now, he's just another fan favorite. Probably doesn't have much fantasy relevance. But does Adam Thielen have anything left in the tank there for the Panthers? Next. <laughs> there you go, people. What do you expect out of Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley?
1: Uh, I think a year off for anybody. Or as much time as i been over a year uh is a lot to ask, so I wouldn't be surprised if he starts slowly and comes on stronger late. They also have a lot of targets to go around in that very deep receiving game. It's like Trent Balkey when he left the 49ers was getting ripped for the way he put that team together. Mm-hmm. And he took guys last year, brought them all in, I said, What is everybody excited about with Jacksonville? You know, these are all proven failures. And just about everybody had a career year you know, in the receiving crew. So it's a deep receiving crew. He's coming off a long layoff. I like him, but I have him ranked at number eighteen. Yeah, he's he needs to reacclimate himself to the NFL game, I guess, huh? Yeah, he's he's still he's still gonna be a very good wide receiver, but I think you're gonna have to have some patience with him in terms of him getting back up to speed, et cetera, playing on a team that where there's just a lot of other targets and a a lot of other playmakers on offense. I,
0: I'm with you on that one, brother. What about the Chiefs? Skymore disappointment. Is, is, does he finally come through this year, or is, uh, or who would you be looking at on the Chiefs roster as a, as a receivers a target?
1: Kadarius Tony's already went to one preseason <laughs> surgery. You know, know. You, you're, you're a fantasy football historian. This guy's the new Percy Harvin. You know, it's whenever he's available, he's explosive. But how often is he available? Uh, And I always, you know, will salute Percy Harvin because, you know, kickoff return Super Bowl 48. But, you know, there's no disrespect to Percy Harvin. It's just I wish he would have stayed more healthy. But uh, can't trust Tony Sky more. There are a lot of reports coming out during the offseason, preseason, how he's going to replace Juju Smith as a slot receiver for Kansas City. Which gives him some dependability. You know, I have him ranked just inside my top forty. And you know, Rasheed Rice is maybe a bigger playmaking target, but you know, the Chiefs are interesting. They don't have any proven wide receivers or guys that they can count on. So it's really up to what Patrick Mahomes can make out of these receivers.
0: And you know, Mahomes' his favorite target seems to be Travis Kelsey every year, regardless. You think so? so? Yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh yeah. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how, how that pans out. It's funny on Kadarius Tony. I guess uh there was a, a Twitter guy talking trash to him, he responded. You know, they were going back and forth, and the Twitter guy goes He he, he was comes... saying
1: that somebody hacked his account. You know, there was Oh, is that what it well, was? Before, <laughs> reportedly the very, the very, Kadarius Tony was attacking all these giant fans in their DMs, <laughs> but he came out and said he never did it.
0: Oh, I, I, I would tend to believe that because there comes a point where, dude, he's just a fan. Let it go. You know, they're, they're haters out there. But it was so funny. This fan responded, you know, if he comes at me, I'll just take him out from the hamstrings. You know, yeah. it was just hilarious. But you're right. I would believe that's one of the few hacks I, I would actually believe. What do you see out of
1: Bears wide receiver DJ Moore? I think, you know, we've seen him play well with some very bad quarterbacking but I don't know what the volume is going to be passing-wise on that offense. So I'm hesitant to rank him in time by top 15. I have him ranked just outside the top 20.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. No, that makes sense. What about the Cowboys wide receiver, Brandon Cooks? Brandon Cooks always seems to have had this great talent but can't seem to find a team to stay with long-term.
1: This is the best quarterback he's going to play with since he's been with Brady in 2017. The Cowboys made a mistake, and they admitted by letting Amari Cooper go. Mm-hmm. And now they get back a good, really good number two wide receiver. And I have Brandon Cooks ranked at number thirty with a bullet. You know, I think if you can get him as a number number three wide receiver for your fantasy team, I think you're going to be pretty happy. So you think so? So if I'm
0: interpreting you right, you thinking where you get him? If you get him there, you're getting somebody with some upside, then?
1: I think so. You know this. I think the Dallas Cowboys, I was writing about it today on thegameday.com. You can check it out at thegamedayfootball.com. I think the Dallas Cowboys have a legitimate shot to win the NFC this year. You know, there's a lot
0: of pressure on that team from from the head coach to the quarterback, uh, you know, to the Tony Pollard's going to have a lot of pressure on him now because Ezekiel Elliott was a fan favorite. A lot of pressure on that team. So it's going to be interesting to see how they pan out, if they crumble under pressure or if they rise to it. The
1: head coach, you know, Has had a lot of experience under pressure. You know, he's been to several NFC championships. He's won a Super Bowl. So if he gets back in the playoffs again and gets on a deep run, just because he's failed, you know, he can go based on that experience and make some sound decisions here. You know, McCartney's a good coach. Right. And Dak Dak Prescott, just because he hasn't done it up until now, doesn't mean he can't do it this year. The NFC is wide open, okay, Note, look at the Eagles. Only the 2018 Patriots since 1993 have been a team that's lost to the Super Bowl and got back the next year. Only one, nobody since 2004 has repeated as the champion in the NFC East. So the Cowboys can not only win the NFC East, they can get the number one seed. San Francisco doesn't have a quarterback that has any Inkling that we you know, well look, you know, Purdy did good last year, but that's a small sample size and he's not going to sneak up on anybody. The Cowboys are very good on offense, very good on defense. You look at the depth chart, we don't look thing on things the paper anymore, so we don't say that. Right. You look at the depth chart of the Cowboys, they're as good as anybody in the NFC.
0: You know, it it's funny because uh and a terrific
1: that. defensive coordinator.
0: Right. Uh I remember Aaron Rodgers reading an article about his relationship with McCarthy, and he, a lot of bad-mouthing there. But at the end of the day, I didn't see Aaron Rodgers step up and go deep into the playoffs, you know. And my point being is it's easy to put the blame on the coach, but the coach was gone, and, and you got your guy in there with the same result. So I've always felt that, that McCarthy's gotten a little bit of a bad rap at times, you know. I mean, you know, what teams winning, win
1: championships coach. or contend, It's very often a coach-quarterback combination that does it, and Mm -hmm. sometimes they don't always see eye-to-eye. You know, we've seen everything from Brady and Belichick. People try to credit Brady, credit Belichick. The, the, The truth of the matter is they were so great because they were so great together. Right you know, right Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, they couldn't see eye to eye at the end it wasn't a nasty falling out, but they they had to break up. so you know sometimes coaches and quarterbacks don't always see eye to eye you know Russell Wilson wanted to be traded because you wanted more say in certain matters, and Pete Carroll was like, you know, you know what, Russ, I love you, but this is my team, so we're gonna
0: have to you yeah. know. I'm not a Pete Carroll fan, but I was on Pete Carroll's side there. I'm like, I think Russell got a little bit too big for his britches, and it kind of showed in Denver in year one. And, you know, Scotty, going back to when we were kids, people don't realize Terry Bradshaw on Chuck No did not see eye-to-eye, eye, especially at the end. In fact, Chuck no- or Terry Bradshaw said part of the reasons he went and retired wasn't just the elbow was because there was no way he was going to be able to go to another team because there was really no free agency back then.
1: That you know? no, was so a few I mean- years before I started watching, so I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, the, 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 first, the, the first great football play I ever remember watching was Dwight Clark against the Cowboys. Oh wow! So I am much older there. My first football game that I watched from
0: beginning to end with friends uh, uh, was Super Bowl ten with the Cowboys against the Steelers. I want to say seventy six, seventy seven, right around there. Uh, I really wasn't
1: watching football back then. It's like, <laughs> I didn't have much sense for football. I told people I was a Jets fan because I lived in Flushing, Queens, and that's where they played. When I seriously started watching football, it was in the early eighties, and you know, I became a Seahawks fan like right away.
0: A lot of my relatives, being Panamanian, they're all soccer fans. I'd sit alone by myself on Sundays watching the NFL growing up. Let's move on here to the Saints. And what about Michael Thomas? Are we going to have a Michael Thomas siding finally this year?
1: I can't bring myself to rank him inside the top 45. I just <laughs> I just, I, I, I just feel like the best years are behind, and it's, it's kind of something where you're trying to recapture what he was, and I don't have a lot of confidence in that.
0: You're right. Football is a game of, 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 of timing. And uh, if you miss some uh, injuries, it can really take you out of your, your better years and you never recover and come back to form. What about Garrett Wilson with the Jets?
1: Like I said before, the Jets don't have an ideal number two wide receiver. Not only is Garrett Wilson incredibly talented, he can become Aaron Rodgers' version of Demonte Adams in New York. And I have him ranked at number nine. And I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes within the top five. Incredibly talented kid, going to get a ton of volume and a ton of defensive attention. But he's just—he's still—he's still going to be—he's still going to beat defenders, you know. Bear, right, I, right. I, I had the pleasure of meeting Garrett Wilson at a jet game last month. Uh, when he threw out a met game last month, when he threw out the first pitch, and I said, "Is that my dynasty wide receiver?" He said, "I don't know." <laughs> I said, "Well." I said I drafted you last year as my first round pick, and gave you know he gave me a, gave me a fist bump and and told me you know I appreciate you.
0: You know, at first I thought you were going to sit there and say it's going to be a little bit of a down year because they don't have a true number two that he'd be you know double triple covered at times, but but yeah, he, he's still uh, going to
1: get his. I
0: think. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. That's what I was thinking. Wow. I don't think it's to the him. point
1: where they're going to ignore everybody else. Right. Right. But- right. But he's gonna be the main playmaker. You know, Rogers is savvy enough to spread the ball around, but you know, when he's gotta make a key play, that's who it's going to.
0: Let's close out the receivers with a fan favorite, but probably well past his prime. Maybe,
1: maybe not. What do you think of Odell Beckham with the Ravens? I'm ranked outside my top forty five. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Odell for an extensive interview about eight years ago and you know, just found him to be like Really, really good guy. And I I root for Odell since then. And I hope he comes back. But, you know, I don't know for fantasy. uh, If I could draft him as a wide receiver for mid range fantasy wide receiver four with some hope there. You know, the last time we did see him healthy with the Rams, he was still commanded a lot. I, 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 I like Odell Becker for Beckham better for real life. Than for fantasy, because I think mm-hmm. he's going to command a lot of defensive respect, open things up for other people, and he'll make key plays. But if you're looking for consistent statistic fantasy wise, you know he's—I don't think he's anything more than a wide, mid-range wide receiver. For I, but, I you know, agree I, with you. I, I I I hope that Odell Beckham though, you know, because I only judge people by how they treat me, and you know. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll always, I'll always pull for Odell Beckham. Right, and, and most fans don't realize. And I learned this at the Senior Bowl before the
0: Senior Bowl and the Combine were these big time events. Man, a lot of these players, they are really down to earth people. You know, it's it's the media hypes them up too much or bad mouths them too much. Uh, in fact, I used to tell people about Odell Beckham and go, "Odell's not the problem in terms of the media. It seems to be his father that gets him in trouble." You know, yeah. so so it's so you not can never always, tell.
1: It's not always reflected. Like, Cam Newton used to tick a lot of people off with how he acted. But when I discovered how just he was the nicest guy off the field to the fans, just children and disabled people and just anybody that came to training camp and asked for his time, like, Cam Newton was the most generous guy with his time to the fans. You know, with the media, might he might say stuff that would tick people off or whatever. But I developed a whole new level of respect for Cam Newton when I found out how he he just treated the fans in Carolina and the community. You know what I liked about
0: Cam is when he would get into it with a fan, and I don't mean in a bad way, meaning you know the trash talk. It's kind of like you're back in high school with a trash talk, because he treat that fan equally and just crack on them hard. I mean, he yeah. was just in the news a few days ago with the fan saying, "Well, I got as many rings as you do," and he goes back, "Yeah, but you ain't got my bank account, do you?" And I'm like, yeah. that's just a classic Cam comeback there. So yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, let's let's uh, uh, start wrapping this up with the tight ends here before I ask you for your a uh, couple of. Sleepers here. But the tight ends, it seems like we've been expecting a lot out of the Kyle Pitts now for a couple of seasons and uh we haven't gotten it. What, what do you see out of him this year?
1: You have to get one of the top seven tight ends. You gotta move on the position early. Because otherwise you're 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 playing with too much hope. Sometimes you're throwing darts. So you know you want obviously Kelsey's gonna go in the first round. Then, you got Andrews, Hawkinson, Kittle, Waller, Pitts, and Goddard. If you, if you're drafting outside of that, you're kind of shaky at the position. Tight end, you have to, yeah, we know this about Pitts, William, but tight end is such a thin position and he's so talented and going to play such a large role in the offense that if you miss out on the top five guys, or maybe even the top four, you have to take a shot on him because the front office has cleared the way for Desmond Ritter to be the starter, and it's going to be him and Drake Mm -hmm. London in the passing game. I'm not expecting anything from Cordero Patterson as a receiver. We've seen him as a receiver in the past. He's better as a runner. So it's all about London and Pitts in that passing game. As much as they're heavily based around the run, and some B. John Robinson lining them up, throwing them out to the backfield. We know a Kyle Pitts has been a disappointment, but compared to what else at the position, what are you going to get out of Kyle Pitts compared to, say, Pat Fryer moves? What are you going to get out of Kyle Pitts compared to Cole Komet? You know, the floor is not anywhere Kelsey-like, but it's still going to be better than a lot of other guys in the position. And the upside, oh, the upside is that he could have the breakout year. Let's, will you know, experienced fantasy players know tight ends, the toughest position to develop at in the NFL. He's now in his third year. That's a year where when the, the statistical light goes on for many guys. He's been disappointing, but it's just been his first two years. How many rookie tight ends? Really bust out. We have Evan Ingram when he was with the Giants. It's so this, you know, Kyle Pitts is all tight ends go through struggles throughout the first two years of that career. If those have been the struggles for Kyle Pitts, it says a lot about his ceiling. No, I, I agree. In my day,
0: it's same thing. Uh, people sit there and say, well, "So, so, why do you? How do you win?" I sit there and say, "One reason would be the tight end. I'd always secure a top echelon tight end because it's one of the positions. Once you miss out on him, you're really uh, uh, struggling at it. And I'd rather have the given points there, and and it, and it puts you. At, I'd rather grab a higher end tight uh, tight end where other people will be grabbing their second or third RB or, or something to that to, to that nature. So I wholeheartedly agree. And you mentioned that Mark Andrews, he had a down second half of the season last year. Uh, he's now going to be in a better offense. I mean,
1: what, how high do you see his ceiling? I'm ranked like third at tight end. A lot of people automatically take him as the second guy off the board. But who's I'm your second? saying? Because he had a doubt. It's TJ Hawkinson. Because okay. I believe he's going to be the clear number two pass catcher for the Vikings. Uh, you know, Addison will be a nice number three but there's so much more. Mark Andrews has always been based on that. He's been that guy in the offense. He's been the clear well, number one true. target. Yeah, this right. is the best receiving crew that Lamar Jackson is ever going to have. It's never, uh, Lamar Jackson has never been surrounded with this kind of depth of receiver to have Odell Beckham or Chad Bateman and Zay Jones. So he's going to share more targets than ever before. So, when people take Andrews early, you know, I third round, I, I let him go. It's uh, I'll take Hawkinson, or you know what, I'll, I'll 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 wait till like the fifth or sixth round and get Darren Waller. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, those were all the questions I had. It wasn't as rapid as I thought it'd be, but it was some good info. So, Scotty. Give me your bus I I can I can
1: I can't be rapid I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> hey, to each their own as long as I got I got to be in,
1: I got to be informational. I, I I can't be rapid.
0: No, I get you brother. So give me a a, a bus this year that you think somebody should people should just stay away from and clear just just it's just, just you know, don't go near.
1: think that's a long list for me. I mean, you, you got you got to rank everybody somewhere, right? It's, uh, right,
0: right, right. But but who's the guy you think that, that everybody's drafting too high that you would just completely stay away
1: from? Um, I think, although he's not quite a bust because he had a down year, I feel like T. Higgins gets taken too early. Jamar Chase is going to continue to overshadow him in, in that offense. So I'm not a huge fan. I wouldn't say he's a bust, but...
0: Overvalued is what I Yeah, I think I
1: think Chris Godwin's overvalued because there's going to be a quarterback downgrade there significantly, and I, I don't think he gets in the end zone enough. So, you know that's a
0: good point you bring up. I used to tell that the people I don't look at bus as bus as much as overvalued based off where they're drafted and, and my statistical projections. Uh, so 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 that, that that's a better wording overvalued. What about yeah. undervalued or a sleeper? Who do you who do you think people should sit there and and target towards say the late the the middle of the later rounds that you think is is going to drop and shouldn't drop?
1: I think Russell Wilson, who I ranked seventeen at quarterback, could be in a, for a big rebound year. There's no floor there, but there's a ceiling playing with Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi. You know, last year, the problem with Wilson is he went to a team and a coach and a front office that says, we're going to build everything around you because that's what he wanted in Seattle. Russell Wilson's be- best seasons have never come when an offense has been built around him. You know, winning comes for him when he's surrounded by a solid defense uh, a, a dependable running game and can work off play action to hit guys deep. And I think Sean Payton is coming in and saying, we're going to do it my way, but I'm going to get you back to being a good quarterback. So Russell Wilson has some potential to get back in the top 10 at fantasy quarterback. Also a deep sleeper tight end, I think is Jelani Woods of the, the Indianapolis Colts. Anthony Richardson, a lot of times young's quarterbacks. Will lean on their tight ends at times, right? And, and we've seen, we saw some uh, about two spike games from Jelani Woods last year, and six seven two fifty three. He's going to be a touchdown target for Anthony Richardson. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm shades of Plaxico Burris, you know, just that tall, lanky guy, you know, being able. I don't to think Plaxico was
1: 253 pounds though, right?
0: Well, well, I mean, he had those long arms, you know. He could sit there and pluck some catches, or, or, uh uh, uh oh gosh, the ex-Chargers guy went to the Bucks, you know, was able to, the, the oh,
1: Caliburnsall Junior.
0: No no, oh, no, 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 no. A receiver. Oh gosh, he just retired, maybe a few a couple years. Oh, Vincent ago.
1: Jackson, yeah.
0: There you go. Yeah, you know those guys with these lanky arms that can go up and and, and just snag those balls, you know. But uh, so, Scotty, uh, I thank you for your time, and uh, you can be found at Game Day at at the Seattle Seahawks website. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So where would you uh, and Rotoballer and Rotoballer's the site that that I like to go to, especially for my player news. And as I was researching, that's where I ran across. Oh, yeah, forgot Scotty's here. So so some good sites there to catch you at. We will have your Twitter handle. Uh below your name, but, but uh where
1: else can people find you? Where would you like them to find you at specifically? Uh at Scotty the King on Twitter, like you said. Seahawks.com under the Fantasy Insider tab on the news page, and very often on the front page, rotobowler.com. You can get all my updated rankings and the game day.com and the game football.com where it's not just my fantasy stuff, it's also my betting stuff, my regular NFL writing. And also on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio on the weekends.
0: You know, I give you credit, Scotty. I stayed away from the DFS stuff because I have an addictive personality. And I'm like, fantasy to me is fun and trash talking. But that betting, that's too addictive for me, you know. I I bet once and that was back in 2000, and I predicted the Baltimore Ravens to make it to the Super Bowl, and by God, they did. I got myself a nice home gym with my winnings.
1: (laughs) Nice. See, they're all bulked up because of betting, see?
0: There you go, there you go, Scotty. Yeah. Thank you so much, and my friend Scotty is a legend. He was here at the start of the fantasy football industry, and he's still kicking ass and succeeding. So, Scotty, thank you so much for coming on, and we hope to have you on during the season again. But, but I know your time is busy, so we'll be fortunate if you can do that. And I thank nah, you. For I can coming always on. make
1: time for you, William. Come on.
0: Well, thank you. And, guys, you will be able to find this podcast at sportsgrumblings.com. And from there, you'll be able to listen to it at Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Rumble, uh, wherever. But sportsgrumblings.com. And, Scotty, until next time, and thank you. And everybody else, good night.